your business to succeed? Technology can take you there. Let's throw open the IT closet door and explore how technology can impact your goals. Join us on Business Plus Tech Equals Success with your host, VP of Sales and Marketing of Cinetech Solutions, Nancy Hendrikes. This episode is brought to you by Hello, 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 and happy new year, folks. I mean, holy moly, it is 2023, and welcome to the new year episode of Business Plus Tech Equals Success. 2022 was a blast, but now I am glad that we're here. And today, as always, I am excited for this episode, but I am doing something a little different this episode than other episodes, and I have to blame my guest for this. I am having a drink while recording this episode, and soon you will find out why. So I'm going to let my guest introduce himself because there's just no way that I can have the honor of introducing him myself. So please oh, take Nancy, it away. You're, 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 you're too much. I feel so flattered right now. Look at me, I'm blushing. <laughs> Hello, everybody. My name is uh, Joe Yusia. I am the CEO of Infinite IT uh, based out of Toronto, Canada, and I'm also the co-host of a sister show called IT for Whiskey. So based on the name, you now kind of get the gist of why we're kind of having a little drink. I had to bring my own little flair to the to the show today. <laughs> I love it. You know, Mickey Unique, we're starting a new year out. New traditions, right? That's right. That's right. So it, it may just be, you know either every time that you come on or every new year episode, I'll have to have a drink. I don't know. There you go. We'll, either we'll way. See. Sounds good to me. <laughs> or the first of every month. Oh, or the first of every month. Okay. Um, yeah, that, that sounds good to me. New month, new drink. Ah, oh, there you go. Any, any excuse for me to, to have a drink I'm I'm down for it. So and and there's there's actually a, a a sub theme to this as well. You know, our topic today is a really uh, interesting one. I'm kind of honored and flattered to to be brought in as a guest for this topic. And my secret ingredient to it, and you understand by the end of the show, but my secret ingredient is to drink. <laughs> Very professional, Joe. That is how. That is how I get through it. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, how professional podcasters do it. <laughs> right. But so what, what are we talking about today, Nancy? Well, I'm glad that you asked because the reason why I needed to have you on this episode was because although I am a part of a managed service provider, we are in the MSP 501 and I can talk about all the accolades, but I wanted to have someone join me to talk about what an effective MSP is. Yes. And the secret is drink. drink. <laughs> There's the answer. End of the show. <laughs> and the show's over. No, you know, accolades are great. And, and, you know, also being on the MSP 501 and a whole bunch of others, uh, and they're important for sure. But, you know, an effective MSP is not about the accolades at the end of the day. Ooh. They're important. And I don't want to take away the value and the importance of those accolades. You know, kind of jumping right to the climax, there's this this one word that I I say to our, you know, I, I tell our customers, and, you know, if any of them are listening, they'll, they'll have heard this before. It's about the heart. It truly is about the heart. And effectiveness is, you know, about caring. It's, you know, putting your, your heart into the game, your heart on your sleeve. There's so many different expressions. 
but it's the heart. It's important for an MSP to have that heart in the game. It can't just be transactional, cold, process-driven only. Oh, I love that. It's important. Yep. I'm glad that that's how we're, we're starting off this conversation because it's something that I say all the time, which is we're not robots. This isn't right. a robot business. It's a business of people. And so I'm glad that you have brought that up because in, in a previous episode, we had Pavel uh, from our team join us and, and we talked about the humanity aspect in, um, in the service delivery. But what I want to dive into with, in this conversation with you is more so of how a business owner can actually decide or take a look at their current MSP or if they're looking for a new one or however that may be and see the heart of an MSP. How do you how do you see that before you know them? That's a really tough one. That's a really good question. So Well, you think I'm going to take a drink. Looking at it, I can I can say this. So from an efficiency standpoint to to ensure that we're effective as an MSP for our customers, one of the things that we have done, we're it, we are an outsourced shop at the end of the day. That is what we are to our customers. We're, we are their IT department, right? One of the things that we have done is we've taken certain tasks that I don't want to be an expert at, and I outsourced it. So I outsourced my HR to a third party. I've outsourced my bookkeeping and finance management to a third party. And I went through a process to find like-minded organizations um, to help me with this. And it was the best decision I ever made. And that process I can speak at um, involved a few different things. One, yeah, you want to speak to your, your sales rep and whatnot. But more importantly, talking to some of their other customers to get an understanding of how they, they are. You know, looking at reviews online is also very important. You know, digital properties speak volumes. When an MSP truly has their act together and is efficient, their digital properties will say that. MSPs that are disorganized may have very minimal to no presence and or stuff is just all over the place, right? Um, and that's a big effort that I undertook this uh, in, in the, this last 12 months um, because I just outsourced my marketing department to a third party. So I've been going through this process. It took me 18 months to find the right firm that I wanted to outsource my marketing department to. We signed in the fall. We found them a year earlier. They are essentially us, similar size, similar models, similar everything, but they're a marketing firm, not an MSP, but they're a managed marketing service provider, right? They're not a tech shop. So we've been working for the last 90 days and we have some launches coming in the next uh, two weeks. Some really cool stuff happening in February. And we've been working with them around the clock for the last uh, several months to, to achieve certain objectives and, and then have this rolling, ongoing metric and measurement and outcome and goals and objectives. And to me, they are a well-managed firm. They're an efficient firm because of they have all their, their planning in place. It took me a long time to realize their heart. And it, I spent a lot of time in my, I had the privilege of spending a lot of time with their CEO one-on-one -on -one and getting to know her and to understand, you know, where she's coming from and how she runs things. And I think at the time she didn't understand why I was dragging things out and, and, and asking so many oddball questions. I didn't question whether or not they can achieve a, an efficient marketing strategy. I didn't question whether or not they can implement our HubSpot better than anyone else. That, what, I didn't care about those things as much as I cared about how efficient they are as a firm and how will they be able to 
achieve the outcomes that I want as a business owner. And they hit every mark, right? And I will tell you now over the past few months, they've delivered so far. Again, it's early in the relationship, but they are delivering on a weekly basis exactly to the milestones, exactly what they promised. And I'm excited for what this year has to offer with them. And you have to take that approach with your MSP. Now, I am confident when I say this, having been doing this a long time, there's no organization out there that if, you know, sub 500 seats, there is not a single company out there that doesn't need to work with an MSP. An organization thinks they don't need an MSP because they can do it all. They don't realize what they're missing out on. Facts. They have no idea what they're missing out on. Yep. Would you not agree? Oh, yes, absolutely. There's different ways we can work together, right? And we have customers that are five seats. And we have customers that are 2,000 seats. Different roles, different relationship, different interaction, different deliverables. We fill the gaps the commonalities, we fill the gaps to help them have that cohesive strategy, whatever that may look like. Oh, yeah. Right? 100%. A lot of people don't realize, especially you know, when, when they are looking at their IT and they're saying, oh, well, one guy can handle it. And it's like, no, you, you're missing out on so many expertise and one guy cannot handle it all. Um, not, not even the expertise alone, but the time that it takes to be able to handle every aspect of having an effective IT strategy throughout the organization as a whole. So I want to I want to kind of wrap up what you what you talked about initially and and how your experience with uh, outsourcing to a marketing firm has basically the same things um, as to what you would look for in an MSP if, if you were in, in the customer shoes, you are looking for efficiency and how, how efficient are they? For me, yeah. that's, you know, how well organized are they uh, in their processes as they are going through the sales process with you, as they are going through onboarding with you. On top of that, how trusted are they with their current customers um, and you can get that information either by calling their existing customers or the the social um, acceptance of it right so and then transparency and metrics uh, how transparent are they with how they do things and what metrics are they bringing to the table in order to show their effectiveness so controlling the expectations and the results that they are going to be giving and it's funny because you said you are new in this relationship with your with your marketing firm. And that's something that I always talk about, the fact that it is a relationship between your managed service provider as well as the, the company itself. So you have to make sure, but just like dating, right? Um, you you are looking for certain things in, in the partner that you are looking at or evaluating, let's say, and right. you have to have certain values that match uh, or that align in order to do that, it, you can't do it overnight. So that's another thing that you were talking about in uh, developing this relationship with the marketing firm is that it took you a year to establish that rapport and to make that choice of, I'm going to trust you with my business, with my baby that I uh, have put so much into. And it's no different than with a managed service provider. Right. And, and I can say this is our fourth major outsource as an organization that we've done in the last six years. Um, I did HR about two and a half years ago 
and it was a similar experience. Like I love my HR department. They are phenomenal. My staff loves our HR department. They're amazing. And we outsourced it to a third party that does all of our, you know, our HR handbooks, basically Evan's groups, uh, her group's job, right? And I love Evan. Everyone knows that, but I'm just saying we, we took that <laughs> role and instead of us keeping it in house and hiring some for it, I outsource it to a third party that only does that and specializes in that. So it's been a fantastic journey with them. And a year and a half before that, I outsourced my finance department and I was lucky enough to find a boutique firm that only supports MSPs that run ConnectWise and QuickBooks and blah, 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 all the backend tools that we do for finance. And that's all they do. And they're a very small boutique firm of three people. And they are my whole finance team, my AR, my AP, my everything, payroll, you name it. And they work with our CA firm to do all our, our year-end returns and whatever. And I just sign. I mean, I review, but I sign. And it's been like, I've we've had some fantastic, really incredible experiences working with an outsourced uh, model ourselves, which is why I know that the outsourced model works. I don't see them as a third party, any of these other divisions. I see them as my staff and I treat them as such. The respect is there. The relationship is there. It's great. It's phenomenal. And I can tell you that when we work with our customers, it's, you know, we, we have this, this joke that uh, depending on the personality of the, of the customer that we say, um, but usually we'll say, look, I'm going to tell you right now, before you sign that contract, the first three to six months, you're going to hate me because we're going to come in and we're going to make a lot of changes and we're going to fix all those skeletons in the closet. You're going to hate, it's going to be bumpy. It may be a little disruptive at times. We're going to do what we can to minimize it. I just want to put this out there up front before you sign, because <laughs> if you can't risk that, then we can't work together because it's going to fail. You got to promise you'll make it through the first three to six months. I promise you, when you look back, though, after those six months, you're going to say, oh, my God, what a difference. This was the best thing I ever did. And I will tell you that every single time I've said that, 100% of the time, I'm not exaggerating, 100% we've had customers come back and say to me, boy, you were right. I'm so glad you told me because it prepared me and it made me realize, you know, maybe we didn't have our things, to, our ducks in a row and our things together. And now I see that we didn't. And now I see that we do. And I'm, we're so much better of an organization because of it. Like, so we are, you know, hard in the game. Um, we're, we're a highly decorated organization. You know, we have things like ISO certifications under our belt. We've got vendor authorizations, all these specializations, every list you can imagine, blah, blah, blah. Like the list goes on. And I still say none of that matters because it's how you execute and what the outcomes are. Mm, yep, absolutely. And we measure that. And that's another little nugget. When you're looking at hiring an MSP, ask them, how do you measure your outcomes? Can you give me sample reports of what that looks like? Can I see what your quarterly business review looks like? Can you walk me through an example? That's how you can tell if they've got their ducks in a row. There you go. That That is, now you're talking a little bit more as to the heart of the business, at least the way that I think about it is the, the heart of the business, the, of the MSP has to do with how they operate. It's their process. You know, that it's, it's the beat of the heart. I'm glad that you're talking about that and that you're bringing it up because that's absolutely for me, at least that 
core is what the branding is or where the branding stems from when it comes to an MSP. You know, everybody has the same fluff on the outside when it comes to, um, you know, we can work on your servers and we can manage your infrastructure and, and all of the technical mumbo jumbo. But at the end of the day, it really comes down to the processes that are built it within the business and how they operate and how right. they will take care of their customers within that process. Exactly. It's the outcome and it's ownership. If there is a problem with IT, we own up to it 100% of the time because it may not be our fault directly, but it's our responsibility. Unless the customer blatantly disregards our advice, like we say, you need to do this upgrade and they say, I don't want to, and then their environment falls apart. <laughs> well, I can't really do anything for you because you didn't listen to the advice that we warned you that this was going to happen. But if we provide the advice uh, and things happen along the way, because it's technology, technology is the last thing on this planet that's perfect. Humans are, are more perfect than technology is. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> well, humans made technology, so. <laughs> right. So it can't be better than humans, right? Not yet. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see what, you know, the the AI uh, uh, era comes out with. But the point is that, you know, if you own up to the responsibility as an MSP and say, hey, look, you know what? We understand there's this problem and you deal with it and you deal with it in a reasonable amount of time. You do what's right by the customer always. That's what you need. You, 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 you want someone that's going to take responsibility so that you can focus on your business and you can focus on doing what you do for a living to grow your business. You don't want to be worrying about the IT. That's true. But you do have to think about it and you have to talk about it. Part of opening that that IT closet door, <laughs> sometimes you got to look at the mess that's in there and, and find something that is going to, or find someone that is going to help you fix it. <laughs> Correct. But once you've, once you've kind of decided you're going to work with an MSP, you, you need to realize um, one other thing that I, I do say to, to our, our prospective customers before they become a customer. We have minimum requirements that we mandate um, in order to ensure their success. And one of them is this, dedication. So if I'm going to come into an organization and take off 99% of their IT workload from them, the least they can do in return is give me an hour every 90 days as a part of a review so that they know what's going on. And we know, so we have this, this thing, this internal saying that I should trademark this one day. I will. Um, we have this, <laughs> this thing that we, we say, and it's in our marketing documents all over the place. We call it the 9090 vision instead of 2020. It's a play. The, the reality is we talk about what happened in the last 90 days with their business. What are the major events? What did we see? What are the trends? What are the issues that we've seen? You know, the major tickets, not the, not the mundane things like, oh, Adobe crashed. I need to reinstall it. Who cares, right? We're talking about significant uh, things um, that may have occurred. Like there's consistent hardware failures on this equipment. We really need to replace it. We've been emailing you about this and we've given you two quotes on it. It's causing disruption. Here's what the impact to your business is. You know, we're not a hardware shop. I don't care about selling another switch. Whether or not we sell it is irrelevant to us. So it's not about the sale. It's about, you know, that switch has died three times in the last three weeks. 
and you haven't answered whether or not we should replace it, you're about to have a, a, a pending outage that might be a week before you, your whole company gets back up and running. Like we're trying to mitigate those risks. So the 9090 talks about the last 90 days. And as you would expect, it talks about the next 90 days. So that's the customer's opportunity to talk to us about what do we have coming down the pipe? You know what? Our lease is up in you know nine months. So we're going to probably start looking for a new location, new office, or whatever the case may be. Look, we're going to be acquiring a company in, in two months from now. It's like it's happening kind of thing, right? So we give them the opportunity to explain to us, you know, we're opening new locations or any significant change in their business. Because as much as people don't think there are changes, the reality is every single business changes constantly. And so the things that are planned changes, we need to know about because we need to make sure that we malleate the IT to support those changes. Because next thing you know, they'll be like, oh, yeah, we're looking at deploying SAP. Well, is it going in the cloud or on premise? Oh, yeah, we're just going to put it on premise. Well, where are you putting? You don't have any servers. Like, you know, it's great that marketing wants to do this or whatever wants to do this. But where are you do? Wait, how? Like this. And then by not doing that, it's like, oh, we bought this stuff. We need to deploy it. You know, and then it's six months out before you can get equipment and whatever the case may be with all the supply chain issues we've had, right? We believe that that gives us a solid six-month overview of what's going on in a business. Six months from an IT perspective, that's pretty in-depth. Like, Oh, yeah. And it works for us. So we, we make sure that they, they have to commit to that quarterly. We've actually fired customers that have missed three quarters. That's dedication. We've said to them, this is clearly not a priority for you. We're not the right firm for you. Good, because it's it's necessary. And business owners that are listening in on this, that's the struggle that we have as MSPs to get that commitment, um, you know, and, and it's for the good of their business. If they want their business to move at a certain pace and if they want to avoid mistakes along the way, these conversations are important. I can't tell you how many times we've had conversations where, you know, it, even the smallest change, you know, somebody went and got themselves a new computer and then called us and let us know after the fact. And it was like, well, you bought a home computer. <laughs> and that's, that's small and insignificant. It seems small and insignificant, but it's not. It has a greater impact on the business because now that employee is down for even longer because they're not able to do certain things uh, or the organization isn't able to control the security measures on that machine and so on and so forth. So it creates havoc. It's true. We, we had one customer that this was going about five years ago before we were implementing zero trust in all of our customers. And somebody went to Costco. I can't remember the brand of the laptop is irrelevant with home edition came into the office and started trying to connect to everything and he couldn't connect. So this user thought, well, maybe if I start plugging in all these USB drives, something will let me connect. Well, one of them had a virus on it. God. <laughs> yeah. So needless to say, that's now negligence on their behalf. That's, you know, something that they caused. It was two weeks of us trying to clean the environment out, which was a pretty hefty bill because that's that's completely out of scope. And it was all because, well, my laptop died, but why didn't you call us and tell us? Because we have spare roto in, in like we have your roto stock in, in, in our labs or in our inventory. I would have had one delivered to you the next day. It would have been faster than you having gone out to Costco. Like, 
And it would have had all your corporate image, your corporate software, your corporate this, your corporate, with all the security in place, this, that, and the other. I mean, you didn't even have antivirus on this thing. Jeez. It was it was bad. It was bad. So you said zero trust. Um, so I I want people I to understand what that is. Um, explain that a little bit. So we have this. We implemented this about uh, well, I don't know about a year or so ago for all of our customers, where we instruct the network using talking about AI, but we we have a platform that does leverage AI, which the AI just learns about the environment as you go. And what it does is it literally says, I don't trust anyone or anything ever. Don't trust anyone or anything. I don't care if you have the credentials. I still don't trust you because threat actors find usernames and passwords online everywhere. So by doing that, we, we mitigate ransomware. We mitigate the risk of viruses. We mitigate the risk of hidden malware and legitimate looking software, which is a very common delivery method where you go to a website and say, oh yeah, this is a quick, this is a big one a couple of years ago where people were going online trying to find a QuickBooks update. And you know, these threat actors had posted the updates, which looked legitimate and they were actually the legitimate update, but it carried a little payload inside the update and they basically had all their financial data ransomware. <sighs> right. And it got a lot of people and no, no fault to into it in QuickBooks. It's not their fault that the user went and downloaded an illegitimate package and applied it. It's, it is what it is. The zero trust architecture just means that we don't trust any person or any device ever, even if they have credentials. And we watch everything that happens and we're watching all the behavior. The good news is uh, zero trust architecture does not stop people from working. It doesn't prevent people from work, but it prevents them from doing bad behaviors. Like all of a sudden uh, we see a payload coming down that we don't know if from a non-trusted source, which nothing is trusted, but we're looking at it going, wait a minute, that looks a little fishy. What is this doing? And then all of a sudden the payload comes in from Excel. Like, well, that looks fishy. No, no, no. And we stop it. Or we see somebody trying to install software we've never seen before is not signed and has no authority behind it, et cetera. We prevent that from happening. And so there's a bunch of measures like that, you know, and, and the user has the ability to say, well, I have a use case justification for this. I need this because and it's just a little pop-up that comes up on their screen, worst case scenario. And they just say, I need this for my job because approved by my manager. And that literally within minutes goes to, to an actual human being that looks at the code, looks at, looks at all the variables, et cetera, et cetera, and then puts the software in a sandbox environment, tests it to make sure that there's nothing malicious that'll happen. And if it's cleared, then a button all of a sudden pops up in their screen going, you may now install the software. We didn't trust it because we didn't know what it was, but all of a sudden we've tested it and yeah, it's okay. But if we see something bad happening in the software, we're like, sorry, um, not happening <laughs> nope. kind of thing. Yeah. So we, we just don't trust anyone or anything on behalf of the company to protect their company. And I will tell you, we have had 100% of our customers say they love this software. They love this architecture. They love the security implementation. They feel so much more secure. Now, it doesn't eliminate 100% of risk. Nothing in the world, Absolutely if anyone ever tells you that, we're feeding it to you. <laughs> I use the word mitigate for a reason. There you go. It mitigates the majority of risk and complements your antivirus. It complements your malware protection. It complements other security stock. It is not a one-stop point solution. 
but it's a required one, in my opinion. Excellent point. Yeah, we kind of segued off there, off topic. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's that's why I asked. A lot of the times, our industry and in, in in our world, we talk about these things all the time, but customers don't necessarily hear this often. Um, you know, it's a lot of the times we implement something and uh, they have no idea what it's called. They just want it to work, right? And so explaining a little bit of what it is and what it does and why it's necessary is something that I'd like to do on the show because absolutely awareness is everything. So it makes a huge difference, I feel. No, absolutely. It's great that you're you're going to that extent on the show because I find that we spend a lot of time educating uh, our existing and prospective new customers all the time, even after implementation. Yep. <laughs> We've implemented it. They're like, what is that thing about trusting again? And <laughs> that's the most common one. What does that mean? And what does it do? How does that work? And I'll explain it again. I'll explain 10 more times, whatever. It's all good. But it's, it's because it's like a lawyer is focused on contract work, legal work, litigation, whatever, whatever. They're not focused on the IT. It's not their world. That's not what they do 99.9% of the time. So you can't expect them to retain that information. That's That doesn't make any sense to me. Exactly. I can't stand when you hear IT companies going, oh my God, this customer, they're sold. Da, da, da. We're not like that. We, we get it because that's not your business. That's why you hired us. This is what we do. And we're specialists at this. Exactly. You know, the same way you go to a lawyer or you go to an accountant because you need that professional service. We are an IT professional services firm. I love that explanation. And I always tell people, you know, that there has to be a seat at the table for your IT now. There's no reason, you know, before it was your lawyer, your accountant and your insurance. Um, but now it, IT has to be a part of that conversation because you use it. <laughs> the heartbeat of the company. Exactly. And it's how you make money. So how can you not invest in it in the same way that you would even to mitigate uh, problems and uh, anything like that when it comes to the rest of your business? So, you know, I find very interesting is, you know, we're quick to pay money for fire suppression systems. We're quick to pay money for door access systems, for cameras, for security. We're quick to pay money on a new water cooler for the office or a new microwave or whatever, right? You just go and you just buy whatever and you move on. You don't think about, well, if I put in you know, three new microwaves and this, that, and the other, it's going to consume this much more in electricity every month because people are going to use it and the cost of the water coolers. and the... We don't think about that. It's just a cost, right? Those are, in my opinion, luxuries through, through, and through. When you look at things like your security system, your, your uh, fire suppression systems, your door card access systems, and your cameras and all that, you're putting those in to protect yourself. And you pay those monthly fees on those for those service providers to do what they got to do in the annual inspection for your fire equipment and blah, 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 right? We just accept all those things because it's always been done that way. And it, what I will say is this, is I, I've been in this industry for quite a while, since the mid 90s. And I've seen the evolution from when I first started in the industry and we would just sell people equipment and they were buying it and they would sell it and we'd implement it and they would buy it and we'd sell it. And every three years you just buy it. And sometimes even less time, you just keep on replacing, replacing, replacing. There was a problem with it. Ah, just throw it out and get a new one, right? That was always the mentality to see us come full circle to the point that now we hate life cycling equipment. Unless it's necessary, we hate doing it. 
I don't want to do the, the the life cycle unless it unless there is a business justification. If there is a business justification, yeah, we got to do it because there's a business reason for it. But other than that, we try to avoid that where and when possible to keep our costs lower. So we we actually consciously work on trying to keep our customers' costs lower. A real funny story was uh, two years ago we went through an effort of saying to our customers, "Look, you've got these aging servers." You know, they might be three, four, five, six years old. You're paying us whatever per month, a couple hundred dollars a month per server for us to manage and maintain it and back it up and this, that, and the other with all your security software and whatnot. Why don't we take that instead of buying new equipment for 10, 20, 30 grand, put it in the cloud. It'll cost you 150 bucks a month and you stop paying me the, the $200 a month. So it, it actually is a positive impact. Financially lower cost to your bottom line. It's cheaper to do this. And then you never have to worry about doing this ever again kind of thing. And customers were asking us, but why are you trying to downsell me? Like, who does that? <laughs> and it's all about, because I'm not looking to sell you a box. This is about doing what's right for your organization. Because I look at it as my organization. Our customers' environments are ours. Like, I, I, I feel pride and ownership over it. And I want to do what's right. Try to save money, right? Joe. I, I just got an idea for another episode where you're going to have to come back and have a debate, okay? I am not of the belief that the cloud is the answer for everybody. I, it is not the answer for everybody and everything. Let's leave this. I actually this. will say that. You're right. But there is, <laughs> there is an argument to be said. Let's leave this uh, for another episode. And I, I see you just you have just taking a drink of um, of your whiskey here. Um, I'm actually having an old-fashioned. What? I love old-fashioned. I love old-fashioned too. I'm going to say something that you guys say on IT for Whiskey all the time. So there's the shameless plug. What is it that you're drinking, Joe? I am drinking an old-fashioned, like I said, that I made just the beginning, right before the show. I ate the cherry, unfortunately, because I really wanted it. I've, I found these beautiful cherries that um, come from Italy, from Luxardo, and they're phenomenal. They're really they're really pricey, but they're just so good. I'm using Angel's Envy. It's funny, this summer when I was actually with Myron and uh, Giovanni and Chris and whatnot, we were at an event and we got a round of Angel's Envy, sorry, of uh, Old Fashions. Chris, my business partner, went and said, you know what, why don't we amp this up a little bit and give me a really good bourbon? And she said, well, I'll do it with Angel's Envy then. And Chris said, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's, that's my, what are you drinking? So I am not drinking whiskey. I wanted to do something different than what IT for whiskey does. And okay. so I'm drinking tequila. Oh, very nice. Well, which tequila are you drinking? So I am drinking, um, it is called Ka, K-A-H, and it's a reposado. Oh, very nice. It is. It is one of my favorites. Good. And the bottle is just absolutely beautiful. Oh, wow. I've never seen that before. That's a beautiful bottle. So I love the bottle. I love the drink. And it is now empty uh, because I just finished it. So <laughs> I didn't drink it all she in opened, one sitting. I promise. She opened it at the beginning of the show, by the way. <laughs> so uh, we're going to have to schedule the debate. All right. So stay tuned, audience, for that debate, uh, which oh, I have all sorts of ideas now for an episode of an IT debate. Ha! Love it. <laughs> Love it. 
Beautiful. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, this was fun. I really appreciate it. Talking about what the effective MSP is and how somebody can go about and hiring a, a good one. Glad to have you on. You and Myron have been mentors to me. And so to be at this point to have you on the show, I can't believe it's been so like I waited this long. Thank you for coming on. It's my pleasure. And, and that's really very kind of you to say that about me. I really, uh, you know, I've always loved you, Nancy. You're the best. You're, 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 you're such a great person. I've always adored you. So I really appreciate the compliment. And, and likewise, I, I have nothing but amazing things to, to say about you as well. So thank you for having me on. It's been a blast. This episode was brought to you by Cinetic Solutions. We are a managed service provider delivering proactive, fast, and reliable IT department to difference-making companies. Thank you for sharing this time with us. We hope you were able to get some juicy, helpful tips or some nuggets that got you thinking. If you want to connect between episodes, contact us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you enjoy this episode, share it with a friend.